today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. And Jason. Okay, we are going to start with uh, Brittany Griner, and Trevor Noah is weighing in on this. I am so interested that <laughs> people from Comedy Central are kind of running things these days. John, <laughs> yeah, John Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, so Trevor Noah is angry, angry uh, over this sentence that, to me, was obvious. I mean, the, it the, was, the obvious was obvious they were going to do this, right? right? This is kind of, a, you know, in the law we call it kind of a pro forma thing. It's just something that happened, and you knew it was going to happen, and what it does is now it kind of clears the decks so that the United States can negotiate because the word was the Russians would not negotiate really until, or at least allow that kind of prisoner swap, until the Griner case was over and she was sentenced. Right, and they would obviously, if Russia's going to wait until she's sentenced, that means she's going to get the highest possible sentence because it gives the most leverage. If she got six months, it leaves all the leverage. Interesting, she could have gotten 10, but she got nine years yeah, instead. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, right. I don't know what that means. Right. But it does clear the way. Trevor Noah is angry. This is bullshit. We all know Russia doesn't care about what Brittany Griner did. Well, this is the same country that's breaking every human rights law on the planet, but they're like, oh, that woman has vape cartridge. Oh, she's a real criminal. Get the f*** out of here, man. Piece, the one piece of good news it looks like is that this seems like it's just a negotiation tactic, all right? Russia's like, ah, oh, we have prisoner for nine years. You give us a prisoner who was in America for, for nine years, you know? And you know what? I think they should just do it. Yeah, whoever America has in prison, send them to Russia. Yeah, it seems like they win, but don't forget, that person now has to live in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they'll get there and be like, this whole country is prison. I miss food in Alcatraz. No! Now, if we had more time, we could talk about how this whole thing could have been avoided if the WNBA paid their stars enough that they didn't have to go and play in Russia in the offseason. You know, when are accents allowed and when are they not? I think Russians you're allowed to make fun of. Okay, that's... Yeah, I think that's the rule. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, look, this was this is so obvious. I think the real issue right now is that the Russians now want a second person out. And there is that concern yes. that does this become the norm where they start locking people up for prisoner swaps. That's the that's what looms over this whole thing. Right. And, and we saw that come out in the not, not Not to say they shouldn't do it, but I'm saying no, but it's a reality. We saw that in Donald Trump's comments about the proposed Brittany Griner swap, that he was very upset that they, we were going to swap Brittany Griner in exchange for somebody named the nickname the Merchant of Death. And, but, but, but you know what? The, the, the idea of equivalency with a prisoner swap is kind of ridiculous. Right. It's, it's what's important to us, and yeah. then Russia gets that. But yes, if, if you're the Russians and everything is transactional at this point and the entire world is turned against you, you have very little leverage for anything. Why not seize as many Westerners as you possibly can in exchange? It's not like they have a moral compass in this whole thing, right? Vladimir Putin. I mean, they're destroying another country right now. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> without a thought. What's interesting here is there, there's been a lot of sort of back and forth. Like, Brittany Griner, she committed an illegal act. Or you did it in a foreign country. You take the sanction that you get. There, we've heard some voices like that in our newsroom that are not that sympathetic to Brittany Griner. Well, I mean, look. And they, Trevor Noah's cutting through that, I think. Look, here's the reality to this, that... People are conscious of bringing drugs to other countries. Yep. Now, it may be, well, it may well be that Brittany Griner, when she says, look, I just didn't know it was in my bag, take her at her word. It was less than an ounce. It was we just don't a have small to take amount. her at her word for that, right? But the, I guess I mean, the, the bottom line here is it, it was illegal in Russia. Right. The bottom line also is that she's a pawn. Yep. And that's what's going on here. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at the United States, <laughs> how many people have we locked up for drugs? 
No, if, oh, absolutely. You know, that's why you can't, we can't get too sanctimonious about yeah. this because there are th- tens of thousands of people who have been locked up for a long time in the United States for drug use, which is ridiculous with marijuana and, and all. It's, it's really the, the crack versus cocaine a- epidemic of, of incarceration that happened to a lot of African-Americans back in the 80s and 90s. That was the real tragedy right. that happened. Marijuana, certainly, we still lock people up it's for just marijuana. The, it's the, the, the sanctimony of this on the United States part, what we should yes. be saying is we've now evolved to the point where we get it. Yes. And 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 now that we're... And Russia hasn't. And Russia yeah. hasn't. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they devolved to a place that they're doing this punitively. Yeah. It's just the sanctimony of it is a little much. Yes. Do you agree? Well, I mean, Trevor, at first, he's not an American. I'm not right. saying him. I'm just yeah. saying generally that, you know, we're so outraged that they're well, holding her. I'm I'm outraged because, I, I mean, I thought it was ridiculous in the United States, but I'm just saying that as a government... To be outraged when yeah, we've when, sure. when we've locked so sure, many. We 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 have. I mean, I, I hear your point. I agree with. That. I hadn't thought about that. We have evolved on drugs in which a is remarkable great. way which over is the great. last twenty years. Um, but yes, I suppose that's true. I you know we 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 do like to to laud ourselves as being so progressive when we've been so anti-progressive on so many different issues dating back to slavery, you know, and all the way forward. And we still are sanctimonious about things that we that we do. I mean, we were talking today about the the president of Hungary, who's one of the most yeah. anti-democratic people in the entire world. But he's just echoing former politicians, presidents that we had in this country. And right. We don't look at it in this. Uh, no, you're right. Light. OK, we are going to move on to uh, <laughs> Selling Sunset. This is I, a good one. I like this. You go. I love this case. Heather Ray Young, one of the stars of Selling Sunset. She <laughs> she somehow discovered that somebody sent it to her, I guess, that a photo of hers had been used at a billboard to promote a strip club down in South Carolina. And she came out and she wrote a very nasty letter and threatened litigation saying that you had no right to use my my image for your strip club. So she two claims. Right. First is that you had no right to use it. And that seems pretty cut and dry. Like you can't use somebody else's photo, even though they're famous for to promote your product. That one seems pretty easy. The second thing she alleged is that they had defamed her. They said, you have now said that I'm a stripper at your club. I'm not a stripper. That's defamation because you're lying about me. And it's interesting because in order to show defamation, you have to also prove that you've been damaged. She has formally posed nude many, many times, and she is it really defamatory but to let's, say that you're a stripper? Let's say she hadn't posed nude because I yeah. think that puts it on her. Okay. I think the more interesting thing is that to sue for defamation, you have to prove that whatever the lie is, in this case that she apparently was going to be a stripper at this club, yeah. whatever the lie is would subject – the person to scorn and ridicule in the community. Right. So now the question is, does being a stripper, um, is it so bad that it subjects people to scorn and ridicule in this country? It certainly changed a long way. It has uh, changed a long way, and I'm going to give you a parallel. Cardi B. Nope. Oh, nope. Okay. Not at all. Richard Simmons. Okay. There was yes. a story um, that Richard Simmons um, was transgender and had, had transitioned uh, into into being a woman, yes, and it was a lie. It was false. It, that's not the case. Yes, Richard Simmons sued for defamation. The judge in that case ruled against Richard Simmons, not because it wasn't not because it was true, because it wasn't true. Ruled against Richard Simmons because the judge said America has evolved enough that if somebody who is transgender is not automatically subject to scorn and ridicule. 
and then acknowledge there are some people who do feel that way, but the judge said, I am not even going to recognize them. That was an interesting kind of leap, right? but that's the way the judge handled it. I think that if you were to talk to transgender people and talk to strippers, they would both tell you that certain segments of society subject them to scorn and ridicule. I agree with you. I agree with you. Especially in the transgender community. But you could also say- pockets of this country where it's okay, and I think the rest of the country it's not. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just about anything you do or believe subjects you to scorn and ridicule these days by some people. I mean, if you're a Republican, Democrats subject you, and if you're a Democrat, Republican- you're a Democrat. Right? I know. No, it's true, actually. So, I mean, yeah. at a point, you know, I, I think things kind of are getting reset. Look, it is being reset. I think that it's a stretch to say that if Heather Ray Young, if people found out that Heather Ray Young was working as a stripper, and we don't know what this nightclub is like, but assume it's a really nice strip club, you know, not maybe it's a really nice one. If people said that Heather Ray Young is working as a stripper in a South Carolina bar, I think that subjects her to some ridicule. I really do. I, I think not not just a little bit. Like, I think people look at her differently. I think her career path is potentially different as well, don't you? I mean, she's still going to get a job at Selling Sunset. I don't think it's it's for closing that. But I think there's a lot of people who look at her differently. I, I suppose you're right. And I guess the question, I mean, but again, what doesn't subject you to scorn and ridicule these days? Yeah, but I, I mean, I guess you're going to look at it from the... The co- country's different. The, yeah, you, the country is different, right? And you're always going to find pockets of supporters. No I mean, I'm, I, I, I am literally serious. What if a Democrat yeah. um, is painted as a Republican by that's, an opponent? That could be defamatory, for sure. It's, for sure, because if it's subjects you to scorn and ridicule in your community... But that's, that's pretty amazing. I don't know that that would have been the case 30 years ago. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> it's really... Yeah. Uh, this country... If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Okay, we're going to move on. Uh, Monkeypox, this is, look, this is a big deal, obviously. Yeah. There is something weird about why the United States didn't respond to this. Um, we had we screwed up. We screwed up. Yeah. I, and we screwed up in several different ways. I mean, we had an epidemiologist on TMZ Live yesterday from UCLA. She was great. Um, talking about, you know, how slow we were that she has been studying monkeypox for two decades. Yep. Um, and it was mostly in Africa, but she said it was clearly looming to spread and spread to the United States. And we didn't do anything. And now the New York Times came out with a really interesting kind of damning report. Yeah. The, the, the truth is that we were prepared to battle monkeypox. We had millions of doses uh, that we actually allowed to expire, uh, that just funding wasn't provided to continue to produce the monkeypox vaccine. And even at the beginning of this epidemic, when we first started to see it come out, we did have at a Danish manufacturing facility hundreds of thousands of doses that were earmarked for for bottling for the United States. They'd already been produced. They hadn't been bottled yet. They had been kept in cold storage. They could have been bottled. 
but we simply didn't make the phone call, literally didn't make the phone call to this Danish manufacturer and say, start bottling it for us, and here's the contract, and here's we're going to pay you for it. Instead, European countries, a number of European countries who saw this coming more quickly than we did, called them and said, we want to buy this. And so the Danish company entered into contracts and is now filling those contracts. And the U.S. has now called the Danish manufacturer saying, we don't have these. Well, they, we were, have- they, they, they were doses earmarked for yes. the United States, but we didn't ask to put them in bottles yes. and, and ship them over here. So they're sitting there and European countries called and said, we want them. So the Danish company gave it to them. Totally and now legally, we're- it wasn't like they could only sell them to U.S. They could sell them to whoever called first. And all the Europeans called first by months, months before we did. So what is it? We have like a million doses um, we need 3.5 million yep. doses to even deal with it now, and they're saying that the earliest you can get any of them would be October to yep. get 500,000, and then the balance, the remaining like two and a half million, um, next not till next year. Next year. Well, how quickly is monkeypox spreading? I think it's like 40 percent in the last week. We're gonna wait four or five months. We are gonna have hundreds of thousands of Americans with monkeypox yeah. without a vaccine simply because. The Department of Health and Human Services didn't make the call. So Dr. Ashish Jha, who is the COVID-19 coordinator for the White House, was on CNN today, uh, and he struggled to explain this. On May 22nd, I want to play something that you said about monkeypox. This is a, a virus we understand. We have we have uh, vaccines against it. We have treatments against it, uh, and and it's spread very differently than SARS-CoV-2. It's not uh, it's not as contagious as COVID. Uh, so I am confident we're going to be able to keep our arms around it. What happened? Well, I don't think anything has happened. I mean, I think I still remain confident that we're going to get our arms around is it. This, Again, uh, I want to remind. Is this number though, Doctor Shaw? Is this what you expected? This number that we're seeing right now? So what I would say is, again, just reminding people, yes, we have about 7,000 cases across America. Um, we're going to continue working on keeping that number. Obviously, we want to expand testing. We're going to see those numbers go up uh, some, but we want to get this, uh, and we are getting this under control. I want to remind people nobody has died of this yet. Obviously, we want to keep that uh, level of serious illness as low as possible. I mean, sounds so much like Donald Trump at the beginning of the cor- coronavirus. I can't even... You know what this reminds me of? It. and I, I hate to... To, to diminish this, but, and I really like him. I think he's a really yeah. smart, yeah. good guy, but I think he's he's in a really bad position because he's trying to defend something in the government that's hard to defend. Yeah. It reminds me of that scene in Airplane, the movie, where the flight attendant is on the uh, intercom saying, there's nothing to worry yeah. about, everybody. And meanwhile, there's this crisis right. going on in the <laughs> right. cockpit. And right. she knows it. And she's like, you know, with her right. hands up to her mouth. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, you hear him say, you know, what is he going to say? I mean, I guess what he could say is, we messed up. Yeah, but that's not the message that they want to get out there. It's not the message they want to get out there. Yeah, especially but the administration doesn't want to take ownership of I, this. I get yeah. it. But when you look at the New York Times, it's hard and, and you know, look, I don't know that even it's this administration because, like, this doctor that we had on TMZ Live yesterday, she said this has been going on for years. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's going to fall as well these things do. It's going to fall in the Biden administration. The truth is this is bureaucrats from the Department of Health and Human Services who are not controlled by by the White House who made this huge error. And somebody Except there is a sec- there is a secretary there at is the a Department secretary of Health appointed and Human by Services. it who ultimately the buck stops yeah. with that person and that's why they're going to take resp- they have to take responsibility for it. Um, this is this is a big threat. Yes. Monkeypox is a big deal. I was interested to hear the doctor's comments that nobody has died from it. There was a slight pause and then the word yet, which is an acknowledgement from 
the administration that people will die from this. Yeah, but I don't even think that's the point. You know, there may be some deaths from it, yes. I mean, people are immunocompromised and all this other. It's also that this is a serious disease. I mean, this is something that benches you for as much as five weeks. Lesions Um, on the skin. Lesions on the skin, everything else. So all of that aside, it's something that should be dealt with and should have been dealt with. Yes. So death is not necessarily the only measure here. Nobody wants sure. I mean, nobody wants to get COVID. Nobody wants to get monkeypox. You choose and, COVID if you got it. And, yeah. and, and, and yeah, and by the way, with COVID right now, you're absolutely right yeah. that there are therapeutics with COVID. Um, there are preventative measures with COVID. With monkeypox, good luck getting a vaccine. Yeah. But do, do, monkeypox is harder to to to, to uh, transmit. We don't know yet. I, I, From what I, we've seen, the science currently is that it's more difficult. But right? you know what? We heard the science early on with. Uh, with yeah, but there's no suggestion here that it's aerosolized that it can. Yo, be no, they, there is suggestion. They're saying that close contact it could be aerosolized. They're not. They're they're saying okay. it could All be. Right. Fair enough. They're also right. not talking look, about. Look. They're talking about bedspreads. Uh-huh. Uh huh. you know, I, I have a feeling this whole thing is evolving, but it's you know again in the yeah. last seven days it's gone up forty percent. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went on the Aubrey Marcus podcast yesterday and said that prior to the 2020 season and 2021 season, I think it happened both times. Yeah, uh, in both in both seasons he won the MVP award. So two of his very best seasons. In the off season, he did the psycho- psychedelic ayahuasca, and he credits ayahuasca for the success that he had as a player. Remember, Aaron Rodgers is now in his late thirties. Uh, everybody thought his best years were behind him. Well, look at Tom Brady, though. Look at Tom Brady. Quarterback's position is changing. And he had two of the very best seasons, won by MVPs both times. And he says it was because of the ayahuasca. He, he and we, I think we have some sound, what he said. I had a magical experience with uh, the sensation of feeling a hundred different hands on my body imparting a blessing of love and forgiveness for myself and gratitude for this life from what seemed to be my ancestors. I really feel like that experience paved the way for me to have uh, the best season of my career. So I, I got to say something. He seems like a guy who's still high on our No, no, no. Oh. No, I, I, I got to say, when you listen to quarterbacks – and I, I don't know how else to characterize this. It's very meat and potatoes. They're not these, you know, cerebral. And, and it's not that they're not smart because a lot of these quarterbacks are incredibly smart. Yep. But they don't appear to be these cerebral guys who get philosophical and whatnot. Yep. Am, am I? Uh, with, the, with the notable exceptions of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you're absolutely right. Yeah, but even Tom Brady. I mean, I, I, I know Tom Brady kind yeah. of elevates it some. Yeah. But this is a different level. And <laughs> I, I just find I find Aaron Rodgers fascinating. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with him on vaccines. But I don't know. I find him fascinating. I, I, I don't know if you can say that him talking about his psychedelic trip necessarily makes him that cerebral. It's it's talk- it's, it's the way he processed the trip. And it, I and, guess. And, I and guess. you just don't hear, you know, somebody, you know, on a football field talking about it, it, it's it's almost, you know, John Lennony. Yeah. But if if you were if you were with Aaron Rodgers, if you were with somebody who who's drunk or stoned, and they started talking, but he like wasn't this, drunk or stoned here. No, I, I understand. You, it would be insufferable. 
to listen to somebody talk about gratitude for the life okay. that seemed I to be Okay, I didn't say in large doses either. I did not say in large doses. Look, I, I think... It, I'm all for anybody doing what the bodies what they want to do. Do hardcore drugs. That's all good. He did ayahuasca. The thing that bothers me about ayahuasca is you have to do the purge afterwards, and you vomit everything up. I don't like to vomit. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Everybody, you vomit your entire body bodily contents up when you come down from ayahuasca. I, I am still ayahuasca curious. Yeah, well, that's- I really am. Yeah, I guess it's impossible not to be. And hearing about the trip that he had and sort of the revelations that he had and the fact that he won two MVP awards, you know, imagine, uh, imagine right. the success you could have. That's right. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, enjoy Hawaii. Thanks. Yeah, have a great time. Thanks. What are you going to be doing? See you Monday if I make it. <laughs>